Welcome to Kadampa Podcasts. These podcasts offer practical solutions to daily challenges and help guide us to a happier and more peaceful state of mind. In each episode, you will find an extract from a teaching given by one of various Kadampa Buddhist teachers worldwide. All these teachings are inspired by the profound wisdom of Venerable Geshe Kelsang Gyatso Rinpoche, a Buddhist master for our time. We hope you will enjoy listening. External conditions do not have the power to produce the happiness we long for. How could they, if you think about it? How could they? Because the, those external conditions, however much you manipulate them, they are impermanent. They change. So how can manipulating impermanent conditions ever produce permanent happiness, lasting happiness? The best they can produce is a kind of temporary happiness, a temporary satisfaction, a happiness hit, so to speak, but it doesn't last. I actually Googled something about that current science of happiness, data-driven science of happiness, and that's one of their observations. That when people, they, people have all this expectation that when I do this, when I get this job or when I get together with this person or when I get married or when I move to this place or I move to this town or I get this car or I get this new iPad or iPod or computer or whatever it may be, I'm going to be happier. And there's a, you know, short-term spike and then within a not necessarily particularly long time, they just settle back to the norm. Of course. Why? When I say of course, why? Well, because happiness is a state of mind. And therefore, it must have actual causes within the mind. There must be mental causes of happiness. So this is what is explained in this book, Geshe Kelsen Gyatso. So the, our, our founder has written 25 books, I think, altogether. So this book is called How to Transform Your Life. And it's the one I would recommend if you're just interested in kind of like finding, finding out uh, more about it and also kind of backing up what, what, uh, what you'll be hearing about here. Uh, you can download this book for free or you can you know, purchase a copy as you wish. <clears throat> anyway, in the first chapter, which is a chapter we're going to be focusing on, chapters called Inner Peace. <laughs> well, actually, I'll read a little bit from this. He says, happiness and suffering are opposites. That's true. So if something is a real cause of happiness, it cannot give rise to suffering. If food, money, and so forth really are causes of happiness, they can never be causes of suffering. Happiness and suffering are opposites. So if something is a real cause, a real cause, an authentic cause of happiness, it can't give rise to suffering. 
Otherwise, it wouldn't be a cause of happiness. So if food, money, and so forth really are causes of happiness, they can never be causes of suffering. Oops. Yet we know from our own experience that they often do cause suffering. Has food ever caused you suffering? (laughs) Has money ever caused you suffering? And so forth. Has and so forth ever caused you suffering? For example, one of our main interests is food. But the food we eat is also the principal cause of most of our ill health and sickness. In the process process of producing the things we feel will make us happy, we have polluted our environment to such an extent that the very air we breathe and the water we drink now threaten our health and well-being. I mean, this is actually super important, the science of happiness, insofar as our misunderstanding of where happiness comes from has essentially put everyone's life in danger, as well as caused untold unhappiness and suffering. We love the freedom and independence a car can give us, but the cost in accidents and environmental destruction is enormous. We feel that money is essential for us to enjoy life, but the pursuit of money also causes immense problems and anxiety. Even our family and friends, whose company we enjoy, can also bring us a lot of worry and heartache. I might actually amend that sentence and say, especially our family and friends can bring us a lot of worry and heartache. It's quite, quite important to think about these things because people, you know, especially like, I don't know how many American movies I've seen where they're like, family is the cause of happiness. Sure, sometimes, and sometimes not. Definitely a lot of movies out there telling you that wealth is the cause of happiness. Even as the film is basically trying to tell you that wealth isn't the cause of happiness, they still always end up rich. But equally, there are all these stories that have illustrated, no, it doesn't. The great American novel, The Great Gatsby, right? Doesn't make you happy. And yet we still pursue it, don't we? We still pursue all these things as if they are. We just haven't quite got the right balance right. It is a cause of happiness. Just need to kind of nudge, nudge a little bit. You know, I just need this amount, not that amount. I need to be with those people, not those people. I need to look like this, not like that. If you check, that's all we're doing all the time. We're seeking, 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 seeking happiness, but we're not finding. We're not finding. We haven't just put, you know, we, it's like a, like a, you know, like a scientific experiment. Just add a little bit of this or a little bit of that or like a recipe. Not too much. You know, you oversalted it. It's finished. Too much spice, not enough spice. Just trying to get it right. And then you die. Who got it right? People on super yachts? Who gets it right? Who's happy, ongoing experience of happiness? Am I discouraging you? (laughs) 
<laughs> In recent years, our knowledge of modern technology has increased considerably, and as a result, we have witnessed remarkable material progress. So this is definitely the case, right? Like unbelievable material progress in terms of especially the whole digital revolution and so on. Like incredible. Like for mo at least for someone like me who is not materially scientifically oriented, it's all miraculous. I can barely understand how to work a phone, let alone what's actually going on behind it. I mean, it's it's. It's unbelievable what we can do now. But there has not been a corresponding increase in human happiness. In fact, arguably, we could say the opposite. Our phone has become now for most people their greatest source of attachment <laughs> in terms of like a day-to-day -day thing, you know? You never leave. You never leave the house without the phone. And in terms of like your object of distraction, it's your, it's your favorite thing. All it takes is for 10 seconds to arise, to open up in your life. That's all it takes. Oh, I've got nothing to do for 10 seconds. And we reach, we reach for it. There has not been a corresponding increase in human happiness. So this is something we need to, again, recognize. Technology is not the solution to happiness. It can improve conditions and it can also make conditions worse. There is no less suffering in the world today and there are no fewer problems. Indeed, it might be said that there are now more problems and greater dangers than ever before. I think we would agree with that. There are greater dangers because we see, we, we talk quite a lot, don't we, about really the potential destruction of, so to speak, life as a whole as a result of climate instability or nuclear war. For a while, the, the whole sort of talk around nuclear war subsided, didn't it, for a few years there. We were too busy with other types of war. But now it's like people are, literally talking about nuclear war as a possibility. All of which is, you know, result of scientific, material scientific developments. So is it good? Is it bad? This shows that the cause of happiness and the solution to our problems do not lie in knowledge of material things. At some level, yeah, we know this. But do we know it? That's the whole point. That's the why we need to understand the science of happiness. That we need to understand that what Buddha proposed is actually scientific. We need to know that it's verified that it works. Because even though we kind of know that all the things I've mentioned previously will not give you the lasting happiness we seek, we actually think mostly that that's as good as it's going to get anyway. So I'm just going to try to do that. I'm just going to... There was actually one philosopher, also a novelist, Iris Murdoch in, in England, and she basically proposed that you arrange your life as a series of treats to yourself. 
so that, you know, you get up in the morning and, oh, nice cup of coffee. Oh, nice breakfast. Oh, I listen to my radio show. Oh, I walk the dog. Oh, I do the. Oh, I do that. And essentially try to stay one step ahead of existential despair. <laughs> she didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, just keep occupying yourself with little pleasures. And that's a good life. That's a life in which you basically stayed a few steps ahead of suffering. But suffering is always there, isn't it? Biting at our heels. Sickness, aging, conflict. In other words, that's as good as it gets. But that is really not what Buddha did. Because Buddha went out and left the palace. He left the palace, which if you think about it, was a pretty brave thing to do. He left it. He went out on his own, on a, like a beggar. And just what did he do? He decided to be a scientist. So I am not a trained scientist. So I Googled this. <laughs> and science they say, is based on observation and experimentation. Observation and experimentation. You observe, you come up with certain observations, and then you experiment to see if those observations are correct. In other words, you have an hypothesis, don't you? And then you experiment so as to, so as to verify the hypothesis. And then uh, hopefully other people come in and if, if you're, you, know, you have an interesting hypothesis or a beneficial hypothesis, and then they... They see if they peer review it, right? They see if it's true. Is it verifiable? Is it correct? So what did he do? What did he choose to observe? Well, he'd worked out that if happiness, uh, if happiness and suffering are states of mind, the main cause of happiness must be in the mind and the main cause of suffering must be in the mind. What it says here, happiness and suffering are states of mind and so their main causes cannot be found outside the mind is rain is being rained on a cause of suffering or happiness depends right depends on what the mind the mind with which you're perceiving it is being alone a cause of suffering or happiness it depends on the mind and that's literally true of everything is, you know, chocolate ice cream a cause of happiness or suffering? Depends on the mind. Happiness and suffering are, are states of mind, and so their main causes cannot be found outside the mind. So that's what he chose to do, to observe the mind. In a little bit, by the way, I'm going to guide you in an observing of the mind. <laughs> because uh, we need to do the experimenting ourselves here. More on that later, but uh, and that's called meditation. So we're, we're going to have a guided meditation a little bit. I'm just setting us all up for that. So every se session there'll be a talk uh, in conjunction with a, an extended meditation. <clears throat> also a chance for some discussion. But so he sat and he watched his mind. And he came up with extraordinary discoveries. Unbelievable discoveries. He basically discovered that 
there are certain states of mind that produce happiness naturally. And there are certain states of mind that produce suffering. He discovered that the principal cause of happiness is inner peace. That when your mind is peaceful, you're happy. So Geshe Kelsang has a sentence in this chapter that says the real source of happiness is inner peace. And that's a great takeaway, by the way. The real source of happiness is inner peace. If you feel inspired by this podcast, then dive deeper into the timeless wisdom of modern Kadampa Buddhism by following the link in the episode description. We look forward to reconnecting with you in the next episode of Kadampa Podcasts.